Hey everybody, this is Rob Liefeld. Welcome to another edition of Observations. If it's a comic book or a comic book thing, we can just make it that simple, a comic book thing. A thing could be a cartoon, a TV show, now called streaming, movies, films, games. We generally get around to it, we poke around to it on this show. My obsession is comic books and comic book things. And it's always been that way. <laughs> and so that's what we do. We talk about uh, how comic books has 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 uh, really impacted the culture. And I and I tell you this as I am surrounded by shelves of comic books and um, comic book graphic novels and giant oversized art editions. And I am looking right at a Batman statue and a Batman Beyond maquette and a Deadpool action figure with dead with Dogpool. On the back of his scooter, um, I have a Deadpool bank to my right. I've, I've got a lot of cool stuff. Comic books just uh, tickle me, uh, makes me uh, make 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 me happy, and uh, that's why we discuss them um, each and every week. Glad you're here with us today. It's going to be a little somber, somber uh, today as we are going to uh, discuss uh, for the greater part of this episode. We are going to reflect on 9-11 and its impact in comic books uh really more more than anything comic books uh more so the, than the greater aspects of pop culture i mean for myself uh you know i just can't believe it's been 20 years since 9-11 and we all know all of us who are alive who were cognizant who were um aware uh remember very clearly how that entire day and the days following played out. We all did. We were all we all played a part. Um, and and I I will share with you my uh, my memories of that day. I do think it's a very uh, it's a day that we shouldn't forget. It's a day that I I, I kind of feel like in the last decade we have gotten further and further away from. And uh, there's no there's no politics here. I'm not here to give political views. That's not what the show is ever about or is ever going to do. But that day uh, uh, definitely is is a time and place that uh, I can recall instantly. And I imagine so many of you, again, who are aware can do that. My, my wife and I are the only ones, obviously, in our family who can do that because my son, my oldest son, was one and a half and we were um, just getting pregnant with my second son. So, you know, my, 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 my oldest son, Luke Liefeld was, you know, he was one year and, 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 you know, 19 months. I mean, he, he was, he was a year and a half. Uh, for us, uh, 9-11, uh, and again, we're going to, we're going to kind of roll through how 9-11 really, uh, impacted the comic book industry and how the comic book industry really rose to the occasion and it was uh it's it's a it's and it, and it and it went on to have an after effect an echo um that that reverberated i i'd say for quite some time changing characters like batman to captain america to spider-man and uh but it all starts with that day and what happened that day and uh and 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 for us my wife and i were asleep and uh here on the West Coast, because you know, I, I can I can never um, even begin to imagine how uh, 
how how people on the East Coast uh, uh, dealt with this and, and how they processed this and, and, and how they um, and how they they worked through it. Um, it, it I, I can only give you how how I uh, experienced it from from my house on the West Coast in Southern California. Um, the 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 you know the day that it the day that it occurred, and uh, for us it was around six a.m. The phone rang. Uh, my wife and I are just you know completely dead out uh, be, because we have a young a, a little year and a half year old. He is. You know, we're potty training him. Um, he's got all, you know, teething. Um, so we're up all the time, you know, managing our firstborn. It's gotten easier, but we're, we're flat out. We're, we're conked out. We're unconscious. The phone starts ringing off the, the hook. Not a, not a cell phone, not a, not a, not a smartphone. There were no smartphones. Um, and uh, our, our, you know, automatic, like, like, portable phone that was you know plugged into uh you know a charger started ringing off the hook and uh picked up and it was joy's my wife's sister she is a triplet uh her her two sisters live in los angeles joy and i live in orange county and and that's how it was back then as well and the phone rang and and joy's sister oldest because she was first out of the womb they're triplets okay and that and leanna definitely is the oldest sister she said are you guys watching TV? Have you seen what's happening? And she says, planes have hit the World Trade Center. She goes, turn on your TV. Turn on your TV. So I, the, there was like, she was disturbed and, uh, you know, clearly uh, bothered by what was occurring. And so I raced down. I mean, I, I just, my wife said, well, who's that? And I said, your, your, your sister says to turn on the TV. So I leapt out of my bed, ran down the hall, down the stairs, and we had a big giant, um, those kind of TVs towards the end of the 90s, they were like giant 60-inch, but it was like the size of a bunk bed, like they, they were super thick, like squares, but it was our big TV in the center of the family room, and I, I clicked it on, and uh, sure enough, all the news reports that we're all so familiar with uh, I, I was on Channel Seven with with the uh, the Good Morning America crew, the ABC crew, Charlie Gibson. They were reporting live, of course. Then I would switch over and was cover, canvassing all the different networks, as I'm sure many of us were that day. And uh, in, in and so in 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 2000 uh, and and one, you know, I am 33 years old, and uh, you know, got my young family. Uh, and, 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 and just obviously watching all this play out. And then the one tower fell. And as we all know, the second tower fell and it was horrific and it was mind boggling and it was terrifying. And it, um, it went on seemingly for days. I, I remember just it being very difficult to, to turn away from the news at that time, as as we all do. Again, I'm I'm sharing with you my collective memories of how I remember what happened to go. Uh, what happened uh, as you listen to this um, podcast? What, what what happened just one day shy of 20 years ago? And uh, I can't believe it's been 20 years. I cannot believe uh, that that 20 years has passed by since the towers 
fell, the World Trade Center towers. My wife and I were there uh, the summer before, and we have pictures of ourselves um, on top of the you know World Trade Center, taking all sorts of you know touristy pictures. Uh, the Extreme Studios guys, we went to a uh, we went to uh, had a, had a tour through New York City for our comic books in the early '90s. And we, uh, the, the World Trade Center, we didn't make it there in time. It was, it was, uh, it was shut down. So we, we went there, but we didn't get to go on the roof. And, uh, you know, a week later, that's when the, uh, in 93, the bombing in the garage, in the parking garage happened. We were there just one, literally six days prior to that occurring. So, um, it was weird to realize that that, those, those towers were obviously a very, um, you know, uh, uh, just obviously a very deliberate target by enemies of the United States. And so, uh, so the day plays out and, and I remember at the time I, I decided I would go to Starbucks and, and get a, a cup of coffee. And I'm sure you all remember, and if you don't, and if you're not alive and you weren't, didn't have an awareness and, or if you're a little, you know, baby, one and a half years old, like my son, you didn't come into your awareness till, till years later. So there's no way that you can, recall this on any level I decided to go to Starbucks and I don't know if how many of you guys remember this but at least in Southern California when I pulled up to the Starbucks and, and at this point at in 2001 I did not know of a single drive through Starbucks that didn't become a thing for a few more years they were still park walk up to the door and and I went to the local center that I always went to the Starbucks and I felt like that this is this parking lot is kind of light uh but the bookstore next door was still open. But uh, as I approached the Starbucks, I remember very clearly that early afternoon, uh, the sign saying uh, apologies to our customers um, due to the events of today. Uh, Starbucks has closed all its locations um, uh, for the foreseeable future. We will let you know when we open again. So one of our best friends... Uh, my, my, one of my good buddies was in law enforcement and, uh, that afternoon he called us and said, Hey, you know, don't, um, just, uh, don't think about going to Disneyland because we had gotten Disney passes and we were, uh, uh, Disneyland was not too far down the street. And, and like so many people in Southern California, um, we had been given passes by our relatives. So, so we were going there quite a bit. And, uh, and he said, Hey, uh, Disneyland's is is seen as a target, and uh, there's going to be flyovers. I'm not sure if they're going to shut it down completely. It could be closed for a few days, but definitely they've got planes in the air that are going to be circling around Disneyland. And he goes, my 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 recommendation is just stay away. It's it's definitely a a hot target. And I just remember as the day went on, realizing that the world that I lived in, the America that I grew up in, was radically changed altered forever in the in the in the meantime in 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 manhattan there's you know over 300 firefighters dead that day which shocks me more than anything that that number is so high and and so many first responders um died in just the calamity and the tragedy of the towers being struck and then the bravery as the night went on and we learn and the day goes on of flight 93 and the hero heroism of those people who uh, who absolutely sacrificed themselves for the greater good and took that plane down 
Obviously, the Pentagon was hit. And this is just all like it was yesterday to me. And it was, uh, I just can't believe it was 20 years. And and I'm sure you have your own horrific stories. And in and, and this last two weeks, my wife and I have, um, and I definitely write it off too, as I'm sure so many of you do, the 20-year mark is, um, it, it, it really is remarkable given that it feels like it happened yesterday. And, and even in the wake of, I think, kind of from 2010 on, we kind of downplayed it. It didn't get the same bandwidth that it used to something that 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 you know was that you know a global event like 9-11 for you know united states new yorkers just just everybody the world i mean it shocked the world it's just crazy but we have been watching the history channel documentaries the abc news documentaries the hulu documentaries the netflix multi-part series we have been really revisiting rewalking those steps um remembering that time it, it for obviously for me it it it, it is uh you know i was 33 I'm, I'm i'm 53 right now talking into this mic my son who was one and a half turned 21 this summer uh his his brother who did not exist at that time is 19 and his sister is 17 so we you know we've built a family we've uh you know i i i at the time was you know only married for for you know uh for six years and and you know now we've been married uh good god we've been married you know 20 21 years of 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 marriage so 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 it's um it is really a passage of time and such a horrific awful act uh, and, 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 and it, it still feels like it shapes and reverberates to this day. And, and the weird, like I said, this, the coffee houses being shut because Starbucks represented America. And, and again, by, by, by the late afternoon news, it was on the news that all the Starbucks in Southern California, I'm sure in your area too, maybe, maybe not, maybe in your neighborhood, they didn't, but here in Southern California, uh, up and down San Diego to LA, they shut Starbucks because it was it was a symbol of American, uh, of of you know whether whether it was corporate greed or just corporations. Period. It was a symbol of Americana, so Starbucks shut down. Uh, really, just uh, very much mirroring what would come later in the pandemic. You know, obviously, almost two decades two decades later, it was really just grocery stores by the end of the day here because everybody was ruled by. Fear and again, my buddy in law enforcement kept, you know, uh, kept informing me of uh, of the potential closures and 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 maybe the games that weekend, the fall football season, whether it was the Rose Bowl or or the uh, the Coliseum were going to be closed and 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 all the the, the discussion going on, um, um, how 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 business was going to um, resume if it would resume in the immediate future, and and we saw everything play out. We saw us as a nation come together. And uh, that weekend, we were going to, that Thursday, uh, because 9-11, if, if, if memory serves, it's a Tuesday uh, that that happened, but could have been a Monday. Yeah, it's, it's a Tuesday. No, no, it's, it, was a, it was absolutely 100% a Tuesday. So 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 uh, we, we always go up in the fall to a place here in Southern California, about five hours away, Mammoth. Uh, there's a, my, my, my wife has been going there since she was six years old and there's a, 
a bunch of families get together and they go up and uh and and there's fishing and hiking and it's kind of the the, the fall getaway and we had all basically resolved that we would still do that and uh so joy her her sisters their families um, her, her parents all uh, the other families we are all um going up why am i telling you this because on the way there i stopped by the uh the, the 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 grocery store and i see that uh because they went to press quickly and within 48 hours newsweek and time magazine and people magazine uh all had their 9-11 quick editions much slimmer versions of their magazine but those quick editions had been on the stands i'm holding them i've kept them i bring them out every time this year because um it's such a, a shocking part of all of our collective lives and uh and so so right now in my hands i have this newsweek magazine and these are graphic pictures we weren't scared to show the graphic nature i mean this cover of newsweek special edition um says hijacked united airlines flight 175 explodes into the world trade center i mean it, it shows the world trade center in the midst of the impact of the plane exploding it is horrific time magazine goes even lower uh has a worm's eye view that the, the newsweek is like straight on the time magazine is a more of a lower worm's eye view uh looking up and it is it is equally horrific people magazine is is a silhouetted shot uh right before the second plane hits the tower and uh seven, september 11th 2001 the day that shook america is what is what people magazine says um, the Time magazine says nothing but the date, September 11th, 2001, and the explosion. You can feel the, explo- the, the these buildings exploding through these vivid photos on these covers. And, and obviously that entire weekend, that's all we did was talk about 9-11. Everyone was scared. If they could do this, what else could they do, right? That's all anybody thought in the immediate week following. If they could pull off this incredible plan, and let's be honest, as far as an evil terrorist plot it is an amazing act uh of 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 evil and and terrorism the the training the way they went about it the way they they took over the planes and look let's be honest they changed when we are waiting in long lines in airports i still just go screw those terrorists f those guys you know we're taking our shoes off and our belts off and all it, it, again it does not seem as if it has been 20 years but it is it changed everything and we just didn't know the extent of of how it would change everything and obviously all sorts of things happened whether it was afghanistan and iraq and the wars and all that took off but in the immediate time in the echo of this, again, I go back to the New York people, the people who live in New, in, in, in Manhattan and all the surrounding boroughs, you know, Queens, Jersey, the Bronx, uh, all of it. And, and I remember because it was the infancy of message boards and the compute and the internet and, and people were, were sharing their feelings and, and recounting their stories, not just on, on television being interviewed by all of the different networks. But also, you know, people were sharing stories in, in, in chat rooms and, and on message boards. And people in comic books, you know, so many of them lived in the city. And I have read all of their recollections over the years of them looking out the window as this happened. For, for the people in Manhattan, 
it is completely different. And you watch these documentaries and you see the soot and that cloud that went down all those different streets and covered people in, in the soot and, and, and the, you know, the, the wreckage, um, um, the debris. And, 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 and for, for people in Manhattan and New York, it was the, you know, it just plays out so much more horrifically. I can't imagine being there, looking out my window, watching it happen, um, being, you know, within walking distance of the site, my, all my kids, their junior high, you know, what, uh, uh, trips to Washington, D.C. and New York, where they go to all the monuments and they go to Washington, D.C. first. I don't know how your kids do it, but my kids, all of them went to the, it's called the D.C. trip. And then it ends up in New York and they go to the, uh, the one world, the, the, the trade center, the, the, the rebuilt um, tower and, and, and the monuments. And, and it, 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 it means something to them. They're aware of it, even though they didn't experience it. And it is truly part of a history now that they, um, you know, to them as much as, as, as Pearl Harbor was to, to my generation in that I, I wasn't there. I, I had to read about it and experience it through other recollections. My kids are aware of it. Your kids are aware of it. But um, obviously it shook that city more so than, than anything else. The damage to the Pentagon was awful. The, the, the 93, Flight 93 was it, it's so profoundly sad. And those messages that those, um, those passengers gave to their families before they made the ultimate sacrifice, um, all of that is, is, is terrible and tragic and awful. But the Trade Center, those towers falling, collapsing, and ground zero, it's just my sister went with a group from her church uh, in, the, in the weeks that followed to help and, um, you know, dig through the remains, carry, you know, debris, lend a helping hand. So many people uh, traveled to assist. But what I'm getting at is, obviously, you've got both Marvel Comics and DC Comics are still, DC still is housed. Uh, their offices are in, in, in Manhattan. Marvel Comics is in Manhattan. The difference in Marvel Comics, people will tell you this, and it's slight, but it matters, is in Marvel Comics, everything happens in New York City. The Avengers have battles in the streets of Manhattan. Spider-Man swings through the skyline of Manhattan. Captain America, a battle will break out in Manhattan, in New York, in Jersey, in the Bronx. DC Comics, there's Star City, there's Gotham City, there's Metropolis, there's Central City. They're stand-ins for New York. They're fictional cities, you know, because Batman... You can go, well, Gotham City is New York City, but in the comics, it's called Gotham City, not New York, Manhattan. Marvel um, was the first and boldest to uh, embrace a tribute of sorts to, um, you know, uh, commemorate this tragedy. And and really, it, it, it went beyond the tribute book for them. And obviously, they... Uh, gathered some of the best and brightest and most talented uh, people to ever work in comic books to contribute to their uh, Heroes 9-11 tribute uh, magazine that featured all manner of kind of just uh, uh, emotional pieces drawn by people in the comics industry expressing, uh, you know, 
through the through the lens of of Marvel comic superheroes, how they would be affected by a tragedy like nine eleven. You know, there's a there's there's some amazing illustrations, an amazing Alex Ross cover with the firefighter, and it's somber and it's real world, and there's nothing Marvel about it. It's just a great piece of art, but it's the cover to Marvel's nine eleven tribute magazine, um, and then obviously a who's who inside. Uh, of great talent uh, they were out of the gates first they assembled it quickly they made it um, you know I think Manhattan New York people I can only tell you what they've told me they said they took it personally and why wouldn't they right and uh, and so they wanted to tribute uh, do a tribute because so many of them were from New York City these these people on staff in the executive suites um, all throughout the publishing, echelons at Marvel wanted to uh, deliver a great tribute book and they did. It's great. To this day it's great. You should get it. Um, you should pay that, whatever that is, if you don't have one and get it. It's 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 really uh, a, an, an amazing tribute book and all manner of amazing talents uh, contributed to it. I'm going to tell you right now, there's, only, there's one image above all that just burns in me and uh, my buddy at Marvel had sent it to me just in line art when it came in. And uh, you've heard me say his name so often. And uh, he is a true legend, giant titan in this business, one of the most accomplished in the history of comics, and certainly the most accomplished in my from my youth through my now career is Frank Miller of Dark Knight, of Ronin, of... Sin City of Daredevil, you know, Batman Year One, 300. He uh, he came up working in New York City, uh, dropping by Neil Adams con Continuity Studios that so many talents came out of. Dick Giordano, Joe Rubenstein, you know, Bob Layton, Terry Austin, um, Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, Mike Nasser, uh, Rich Buckler was in the halls of, of Continuity Studios. Dennis Cowan. I've heard them all recount the stories. I've had Neil tell me stories. Uh, Frank Miller would, would, would go by Continuity Studios to have Neil Adams, you know, give him tips on how to break in. Eventually, Frank shared a studio with um, Howard Chaikin and, and Walt Simonson while they were all jamming, creating amazing works of art. Uh, they, they did that in New York City. Uh, they were making Thor comics and Daredevil comics and Dark Knight and Ronin and American Flag in New York City. And, uh, you know, when I first met George Perez, who did Crisis on, on Infinite Earths and the Titans and Justice League, he, uh, he uh, you know, lived in New York City. I mean, so much of your talent is based in New York City and the Marvel heroes battle in Manhattan, not Gotham, not Central City, Star City, um, you know, Metropolis and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, Marvel put the call out that they're going to do this tribute book. Well, Frank Miller drew for me to this day, the most striking, uh, image in the whole book and, and in black and white as it came across my facts, because my friend at Marvel knew what a giant fan I was and how much I respected and admired Frank. And when Frank's came in, I think it circulated and for good reason, it is a shot of Captain America squatted. He's squatting like in a battle position. You know, thighs 
tensed knees bent you know squatted in like you know he he he's just been through or fended off you know all sorts of different threats and uh, his his costume is torn his face there's a look of agony and uh again there's tears and scratches and and he, he looks what you would call battle damaged but the most striking thing is the shield that he is carrying on his uh, facing us on his if it's facing me it's his right arm is his captain america shield which we know is at the time made of adamantium in the films now you understand it is vibranium uh, it has two giant significant chunks in the shield. Two giant pieces of the shield are missing. A shield that in the history of Captain America's publishing, uh, the, the shield can't be scratched, dented, uh, damaged of any kind. It is it is always stood the test of time. Hulk has pounded it. You know, um, all, all, all manner of, of villains. Thor has thrown his hammer straight into it. Um, great villains have blasted it. But it stood the test of time and it always came out unscathed. But in this illustration that Frank Miller shared with us, two giant, it's like two bites, two bites, two giant size chunks of his shield are absolutely gone. And there's smoky debris and, and remnants on those, miss, the remnants of those missing segments where they've been, you know, cracked or, or, or the pieces of the shield have been removed. And it is very clearly, the minute you look at it, it is the symbol of the two towers, the twin towers, the World Trade Center buildings gone. And that is symbolic of, you know, they are missing now from Americana as represented by the shield. It is, it is still to this day one of my most, um, my favorite piece that Frank has ever done. It, it has tremendous impact on me when I look at it. I just stare at it. It is so perfect. It is so... Um, uh, what would you what would you call it? It, it? it is economic in its in its in its use of lines. It is there's very few lines on this piece. Um, Frank was transitioning into a different style, and this is a very linear, not a lot of spotted blacks, not a lot of heavy shadows. Uh, it's just a very uh, stylistic piece, as illustrated by one of the all-time greats. And there it is, the shield, very noticeably, you know, with two giant pieces of it missing. And all that that is meant to represent and does represent. And artists such as Mike Diodato and, uh, you know, Joe Quesada and Alex Ross all um, contribute amazing pieces to the Marvel, the 9-11 the, the tribute magazine. But it... Uh, the, the Frank Miller piece rises to me above them all for the symbolism of it. And he's such a great... Frank has always been about striking images. He just knows the, uh, you know, which images to, to, to really sear into you. I mean, Dark Knight, the epic, you know, acclaimed, uh, cr critically just heralded um, return of Batman, Return to Prominence. I've told you time and again, Stephen King wrote about it, how it saved Batman, how Batman was having more books canceled than added, and he was disappearing, and would he become the Lone Ranger, and Tarzan, and Buck Rogers, the Phantom, the Shadow, you know, a, a, a pulp hero from a, a, a different time. No, because Frank Miller stepped into the breach, 
and gave you the greatest Batman story of all time. But what is the cover of that story? It is a little silhouette of Batman in the sky and a painted lightning bolt uh, running through from top to bottom of the illustration. It is a very simple, again, economy of line image, but it just burns into you. You just you just immediately go, what a perfect image. N- not tremendous amounts of copious detail that we celebrate in so many of the artists that can deliver on that level. Just simple, simple imagery. Uh, on my spinner rack, behind me every every day that I podcast, every time I do one of these episodes, I have um, 11 issues of Frank's Daredevil uh, on my spinner rack. And there are so many covers. There is a cover of Daredevil coming from top left to bottom right, uh, like flying into his his legs are kicked out. He's descending into a sea of arrows that are being fired at him. Daredevil is in silhouette. His face is in silhouette. He is mainly covered in black shadow. It is such a striking image. And in the same way, this Captain America image with the two chunks missing from the shield just sears my brain. It is a, 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 just such a powerful image. And, and when it came through my fax machine, uh, prior to being colored, Prior to the book being published, I just go, oh my gosh, it just, it was a gulp. <gasps> like, oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much this image says. Cap squatting low in battle position, battle damaged. The shield finally has two giant pieces missing from it. And, and again, they are so symbolic. So, you know, the Marvel Tribute Magazine is beautiful. It came out first. Uh, DC and Dark Horse combined on one that they also produced. And then there was an indie one just called 9-11. They're all amazing works. They are all worth your time with your money. They should be in your collections for what they represent and everyone's hard work. Before you go, well, which one did you do, Rob? I will tell you that uh, it was a very quiet exchange. Uh, The Dark Horse editorial team that was working in conjunction with the DC team to make their uh, book at the time. And, and at this time, I was in full retirement from 2000 to 2000, almost uh, the entirety of 2003. I just didn't do anything that was published. And we were raising a family. I took a long break from comics, but obviously I was still involved uh, in, in, in following the business. Just wasn't making comics. But a Dark Horse editor reached out to me and he said, hey, Rob, would you like to contribute to our issue that we're doing, our our Remembrance album tribute uh, with DC Comics? And and he said, is, is there, you know, is there something that you would like to portray in a two to three page story? And I immediately said, I would like to depict the members, the, 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 uh, the events of Flight 93. And 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 uh, and I, I would like to draw that in remembrance of them and honoring of them. And he said uh, very quickly, within a matter of minutes, he said, "Hey Rob, that is spoken for. That uh, Paul Chadwick is going to be doing uh, that same sequence. So if there's something else, and you know what, um, there was no animosity. It's like." Here's the deal. One thing you need to know about Paul Chadwick, who I have not mentioned prior to this show, but he is uh, brilliant. 
cartoonist, writer, illustrator, and he was basically, uh, you know, one of the true pillars, bedrocks of the the beginnings, the birth of Dark Horse Comics. He helped put them on the map with his uh, comic book concrete and uh, was just always, um, literally in concrete, was a genius piece of work. Uh, is a genius piece of work. But Paul Chadwick and Dark Horse are like, uh, you know, peanut butter and chocolate, okay? Um, and uh, and, and they, they just fit together so well and so effortlessly. And Paul earned the right to pick first what he was going to do. And so when they informed me, my heart just was not in anything else. Um, I was not involved with the Marvel publication uh, on any level. Um, and, uh, and on this one, I just, you know, when I was not able to do that, I just said, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll just enjoy this and support it when it comes out. But I just didn't have any like oomph in me. Um, that, that was the story that I would have chosen to depict. I was very, um, excited to see, uh, how it was depicted in the eventual, uh, pub publication. And, uh, you know, it's just sometimes you, um, it's just like anything, you know, uh, sometimes the selection isn't there for you. So I was not, um, I, I did not participate, uh, in these books and, and, and I, I, I guess I don't have any regrets. The books are so great. They didn't need anything that I had to say. They didn't need anything that I had to offer. Um, so many of my peers stepped up and, and made some brilliant, absolutely brilliant artwork to, uh, heartfelt, emotional, um, whether it was through storytelling or pinups, um, whatever manner of illustration, uh, you know, I think Joe Casada drew a, uh, a firefighter sitting on a bench, clearly exhausted and Todd McFarlane inked it. And, uh, it's a quiet, brilliant, um, piece that just, when you look at it, it says it all. This guy is, is finally resting with soot and, and ash all around him, like, because he's exhausted. And you got exactly that from that picture. Again, the Frank Miller one just is so powerful to me. But these books were inspirational. The comics industry rallied around them. They um, gobbled them up. They were all staggered in their releases. Marvel came first. I believe the DC Dark Horse one came second. And then the independent one, just called 9-11, uh, came last. But I may be mixing up three and two. But in all of this, Marvel also decided, given the fact that New York City is such a character in the Marvel Universe, as, as I've said, so many of their great battles, whether it's Doc Ock battling Spider-Man on a rooftop in Manhattan that spills onto the streets, or Hulk battling the Rhino, or Cap battling, you know, Mr. Hyde uh, in, in, in the... In, uh, on the docks, um, it's just New York is such a is so present. So at the time, um, Spider-Man was on a numbering system that would bring it to uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 36. They released um, a couple of different uh, a couple of different editions. One was a came in a black bag. Um, and and then then there was the standard edition. I, I I made sure that I got both of them. And uh, and it 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 
it deals with the Marvel Universe through Spider-Man's eyes, dealing with the horror of the attacks and the aftermath and the towers falling. And you'll see Captain America, the Avengers, and, and something that was very charming and uh, resonated with fans. Um, obviously, the horror through Peter Parker and Spider-Man through all of this and the, and the fear and the tears. There is a segment towards the end where all of Marvel's greatest villains, from Magneto to Kingpin to Doctor Doom, have arrived to help uh, clean the city. And is and is somewhat. I mentioned that I was going to do this podcast. I mentioned it to a friend, and he's like, "You're going to mention how absurd that is—that the people that have attacked New York and the United States and the world are showing up to help." It was symbolic, and as a symbolic story, we all dug it and we ate it up and uh and it was definitely a coming together so between marvel's tribute uh book heroes and uh and then this dedicated amazing spider-man issue that came in a number of different edition editions i'm going to tell you right now mile high comics in anaheim which was not far from disneyland was um, alive and kicking and doing very well at this time and I bought all my 9-11 books there. They, they were my, my, my comic store that I would uh, drive out of my way to because out here in Southern California in the early 2000s, following the 90s, there were very few comic stores. In fact, comic books were just... The industry was kind of sort of rebuilding. Marvel was finding its footing again. DC, because the, the industry had gone through some rough times, lost a lot of stores, lost a lot of accounts. Marvel had come, just come out of bankruptcy. We were nowhere near the age we're living now with, with the mighty you know, MCU and all these movies fueling each other. In fact, you know, it would be the following summer that Spider-Man would uh, swing through Manhattan in the most glorious way under the direction of Sam Raimi, the Tobey Maguire uh, Spider-Man movie. And I, and I think those amazing vistas of the Manhattan skyline in 2002's Spider-Man release just gave hope and reminded people, you know, that we are resilient and, and seeing that glorious skyline and, and, and realizing that, yeah, you took our towers, but you didn't take the resiliency of, of America, of the people of Manhattan, of the citizens of New York City. And we are still uh, that, that, that whenever I li visit Manhattan, whenever I'm driving in from the bridge, Whenever we are flying in, I am always there, there's a shot of the skyline that, that, that they that they show at the beginning of Showtime's uh, Billions show, the 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 Bobby Axelrod um, themed show, and, and Paul Giamatti, uh, great, just great show. But they have amazing, you know, aerial footage of Manhattan, and I am always just shocked how. Did all those buildings go up? I know how they went up. I know the construction and I know what went into it. But over time and how vast and impressive it is, even more so than Los Angeles or Chicago or Atlanta, any of these cities, um, New York is just the greatest city in the world, in my eyes. And, uh, and, 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 and so the idea that it was attacked so viciously and that um, hope was springing in the months that followed, as the rebuild, as the dedication happened, these comics were, were part of it. And comic characters, like I said, Spider-Man swinging through those amazing skyline shots under the keen direction of Mr. Sam Raimi, they gave us hope. They, they, they we, 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 we caught our breath. We gasped. We were, you know, excited to see the gleaming 
shiny, um, you know, architecture and skyscrapers and, uh, and these comic books, uh, from both Marvel, uh, the heroes, the tribute, the amazing Spider-Man, the DC comics, the, the, the independent, the, the dark horse co-production with DC, they were exciting. People had something to say. We as artists, we know how to express ourselves and did. And it was, um, it was moving. And, uh, you know, I know that the monies all went to a good cause. I, I didn't, you know, go down that rabbit hole before, um, coming on the mic today to go, to go forward with it. But, uh, but the tribute books all had a purpose and they served that purpose and they gave artists an ability to express themselves. And, and then amazing Spider-Man, uh, 36 had its multiple different editions and put the Marvel character square in the middle of it. This, uh, on this 20th anniversary, I understand I, I have not seen them, so I'm blind on this, but I've, I've seen clips of the art. I understand they revisited, uh, and in the comic books, some of the comic books that came out this week, they are revisiting with the same artist that did Spider-Man. John Romita Jr., who did Amazing Spider-Man 36, also did these um, short stories that appear in various Marvel comic books. They didn't really inform people about it. It was meant as kind of a a surprise uh, for everyone to experience, and uh, you know, I'm 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 anxious to check them out. I'm anxious to partake. I I you know, it, it bummed me out. I was watching uh, CBS News, and uh, they were interviewing uh, a soldier from overseas who served in Afghanistan, and he told the reporter, he said, you know, it's sad. It's sad that that we as a nation have forgotten about this, and uh, and he says we have a bit of gallows humor that we pass around among ourselves former soldiers and and those who uh served both in iraq and afghanistan and and and, and uh and it's a knock-knock joke and he says uh to the uh to the reporter he said he goes you know knock knock and the reporter plays along and says who's there and this soldier says uh 9-11 and the reporter says 9-11 who and he says, I thought you said you'd never forget. And when I watched that last Sunday on CBS News, it, it, it brought a pit to my stomach. Because, like I said, I feel like we have forgotten about this. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm not telling you what to take from it. Uh, everyone takes something different. Uh, husbands, fathers, daughters, mothers, aunts, uncles, we're all sons. They were all they were all they were all lost that day in a terrible 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 attack, and uh, I guess the twenty years bringing it back into focus in these documentaries and again I just the amount of first responders over three hundred firefighters died, just crushing just crushing. Um, it's just good to look back and to remember not the fear not the panic not the uncertainty. Because that's all I remember from that week and going up to Mammoth and keeping our dates and going up to those cabins. And and, and also up there, your cell phones don't work. Uh, and, and and there's just one pay phone on the premises. Uh, they hadn't, Wi-Fi wasn't a thing yet. So when you went up there, you kind of went up there completely dark. And uh, the, the place where we would go in Mammoth is a good 30-minute drive up from the lower town. So you, you really are in the boondocks. Uh, among the trees and the bears and uh and and so we would just talk we had these magazines these extra editions that made themselves 
their, their way to the uh, to, to, to the stores, and we poured over them and read them, and we all gave our different theories as to why and what and how that happened that day. But the thing I remember is that we came together. We took a hit, and I'm always, uh, my dad told me his young age, and, and he was the first one I ever heard it from. It's not how you get knocked down. It's how you get up. And that's how I viewed my entire career. I've told my kids the same, no matter what the circumstances, get up, you know, don't let them, don't let the count take you down, rise before the count is over and continue punching, continue fighting. And America came together under the saddest of circumstances. We were, we were resilient and it's the resiliency that we carry. And it's the resiliency that I am inspired by. And these comic books put together by Marvel and DC and Dark Horse and all these different amazing creators and independent operators and publishers. They uh, continue to inspire, inspire me as I look through them and I, uh, I check them out. And so again, uh, look for the Marvel one. Uh, look for the DC Dark Horse. Just just put in DC Dark Horse, you know, 9-11 tribute. Um, the other one is a giant, I think it's a Scott McCloud cover and it's giant 9-11 um, the Amazing Spider-Man issue. If you get them, enjoy them, uh, partake in it. Um, it was really, uh, really, really heartfelt efforts to commemorate, uh, you know, this this really terrifying day that 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 um, honestly served to bring us all together. In Marvel Comics, immediately after, they went into. Um, making comics about first responders. They had a comic book called Call of Duty and it um, focused on firefighters and law enforcement. And it was cool. It was cool that they uh, were depicting stories of real heroes. Early issues are by guys as talented as David Finch. They're worth checking out. Call of Duty was the series. Captain America uh, would be relaunched and he would battle, you know, Muslim terrorists, which you may be groaning, but it was symbolic of the time. I mean, terrorism suddenly was on the forefront. Novels, spy novels, uh, tons of thrillers, but Marvel definitely pivoted Captain America in that direction. Frank Miller would go on to begin a Batman-themed uh, post-9-11 book where Frank was, I think, working out a lot of how he felt being a New Yorker uh, about the attacks and terrorism. And DC ultimately, Frank and DC decided to not publish Batman Holy Terror and then Frank reconfigured it and released it in 2011 to some uh, controversy. But I see a guy working through a lot of pain. I see a guy who was um, took it really personally. Like I said, as so many of them have said to me, it was personal. Of course it was. Uh... 9-11, we had to do it. I, 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 I just go, this cannot, 20 years cannot come and go. It doesn't feel like 20 years. It literally feels like two to three years ago that this happened. But as I said, I didn't have the family I have now. Um, I don't have the same, I didn't have the wrinkles and the gray hair sprouting in. So time has passed and these 9-11 uh, happened. We uh, came together, not only as Americans, but as a comic book industry, uh, rallied and 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 produced some really cool stuff that is definitely worth time, your time and your consideration. And if you have them, I'm sure you're going to crack them open this weekend and revisit them, regardless. And if not, 
you know, they're available. I went online. I went before I got, I, I came on and, and did the show to see that they're readily available um, for order uh, all, all across so many different comic book stores and channels. So, um, you know, normally I would um, close off by reading reviews, but I'm not going to do that today. Um, and, and, and I know I always ask you guys to, to leave reviews and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and ratings and all that stuff. And I'm it's not going to do that today. Not going to partake in that. Just going to thank you for, um, listening and, uh, uh, this, this nine 11 centric comic book themed episode. Um, it changed the culture. It definitely, um, you know, I just really do believe that Spider-Man 2002 movie and, and, and those skylines that there was a reason we were so thrilled, um, to see that. And, uh, and again, these, these just seeing great talent come together and, and produce amazing work in that Frank Miller, Captain America. Uh, there's, there's not a week that goes by that. I don't think of it. I have the black and white facts still that I look at and, uh, just amazing, powerful images, powerful artists coming together in the wake of this terrible tragedy. And we walked through it today on the 20th anniversary uh, weekend of 9-11. Thank you for listening to my show. Uh, I am on social media. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Rob Liefeld, on Twitter at Robert Liefeld, um, and I'm all over Facebook. I appreciate you tuning into the show and, uh, you know, just very grateful that you guys give this show a listen. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, this is the part of the show where... As we close, I remind you to stay safe, and I mean it. I want you to be good, be okay, take care of yourself, stay safe, and we will talk again real soon.